So I wasn't going to sit down and record because my boyfriend's in the lounge watching TV or something and I get really embarrassed if anyone can hear what I'm talking about. But then I realized how good his selective hearing is. And <laughs> so I don't think we're going to have any troubles. If he can pick and choose what he listens to for what comes out of my mouth, then I think we'll be fine. Also, I uh, asked him what the TV program was about three times and he didn't answer. So I think he's pretty into it. Hi, my name is Lydia. You're listening to Psychic-ish, the podcast for psychic-ish people that just want to live normal lives. So come along, hear about all the kind of weird little psychic thingies that happened to me. Now, a few weeks ago on social media, you may have seen that I uploaded a few of the kind of trolling comments I've been getting on various different little, little platforms that I have. And honestly, like I shouldn't be laughing. It got me really, really down. And I even think a few of you noticed because you sent me a little message and thank you for that. That I've not been posting on TikTok because of it, just because I just kind of need some space from it. Someone commented on an old video yesterday saying, are you a yoga instructor? Because this is the biggest reach I've ever seen. I think it was about something like, is this a sign from the universe? So you know what? I'm going to take that energy and I'm going to give you, sir, another even bigger fucking reach today. Okay. We're going to really extend our arm spans and we're going to reach as far as we can. Oh, not that far, but I mean, I'm a little embarrassed to talk about the stuff I'm about to talk to you about, but it's on my mind and I'm feeling... uh, Sorry, the landlord's son's just walking past, so I just need to pretend I'm not talking. Oh. (laughs) No, we're good to go. Okay, so what you also may have seen on social media is that I've been sick this week. I had a bit of a tummy bug, and yeah, that's shit, right? Like, no one likes to have a stomach bug. There's a little bit of an extra layer on top of that distaste for me, because I have something called emetophobia, and... That is, if you're not aware, lucky you, it's a phobia of vomiting. And I know, I know, no one likes to vomit. No one. But I think when you're planning out your day and going about your day in a way that eradicates any chance of you getting sick or being sick, there's a little bit of a layer on top of there of just not liking vomiting. So feel free to call me crazy now, but it's what I do. But naturally... What comes with emetophobia and what comes with planning your day around not being sick at all is when you have been sick, going through every single little scenario that may have brought you to that point so that you can go and then eliminate any chance of making that same mistake again. So let's walk you through the stages of a hypochondriac like me, who's also anxious and emetophobic. Um... (laughs) Let's walk you through my thought process from this morning because what I did was I made a little mental list of all the scenarios which could have made me sick and just decided to 
rate their possibilities, you know, I, I never check one off fully because there's always that little bit of doubt in me that, hey, that could have happened, so let's just strike that off the register. Like eating chicken. Once I had chicken on a plane coming back from Thailand and I had food poisoning on the plane and I haven't really eaten chicken since and that was 10 years ago. So I'm very cutthroat when it comes to keeping something out of my life that might make me sick. So I was lying in bed, I was thinking, huh, my flatmates made chicken the other day, maybe the dish scrubber wasn't like fully sanitized kind of after they used it, like maybe it didn't get enough hot water on it, maybe the dishes being washed were only washed with warm water, so you know, there wasn't any sanitation going on there. Sanitation? Sanitization. Or maybe the dishes that were being washed weren't washed well enough and there were little remnants of chicken that I somehow ended up using as my plate for my sandwich the next day. Or maybe I got heat stroke because it was a little bit warmer than I expected it to be outside when Dan and I went for a walk that day. Or maybe it was the cookies I got from the supermarket. They were really nice and soft and chewy, but in the middle, they may have been a little bit undercooked. And once I read an article that told me that raw cookie dough can give you salmonella. And as someone who sort of raised themselves on making raw cookie dough and eating the entire bowl while I was on school holidays and my mum was at work, that's a, <laughs> that's a scenario that's always close to my heart. So I was just going through, going through this list. And you know what I landed on today? I landed on the last meal I had eaten before the sickness really took hold of me. And that was a quesadilla. Now, you may have noticed about a week ago on my Instagram, I'd made this big batch of quesadillas and it took me a good hour. And what I usually do is once I make the whole batch, I put one fresh in the pan to sizzle up and enjoy and then I put the rest in the freezer so for the next week I kind of just have a meal there ready to go if I'm strapped of time or if my concussion symptoms are really bad that day and I have a meal that doesn't take much prep and much effort. So I made this quesadilla and while I was sizzling it in the pan I was making a few insta stories and it ended up burning really badly. And I was just like, what is this? Is this a sign from the universe that I shouldn't have this quesadilla? And I kind of joked about it. I was like, oh, borderline could be salvageable. Do I still eat it? Maybe I make a sandwich just in case it's the universe telling me I shouldn't eat it. And I rambled on for a little bit. And I ended up throwing out that quesadilla, deciding that I'd make a sandwich. And then once I had all the ingredients out for the sandwich, I again realize that no my heart really wanted a quesadilla so I got another one out of the freezer and just popped that in the pan and I enjoyed it then my boyfriend and I went off for our walk met up with some people in town and ended up not getting home until about 10 o'clock at night and I was next level hangry I was that level of hunger where like you're so nauseous you haven't eaten you just need to eat right away you know so what do I do I got two quesadillas they're small tortillas okay they're small <laughs> don't judge <laughs> you shouldn't be judging anyway got two quesadillas out of the freezer popped them in the pan ate them delicious how long did it take for the sickness to kick in Lydia 
oh, I hate when I talk to myself in third person, but we're going to roll with it. It was immediate. Straight after I finished them, I had a shower, got into my room, and was already saying to Dan, I really don't feel well. Now, I should quickly mention that these quesadillas, they're vegetarian, so they only have beans in them, onion, and like some capsicum hummus. Like, they don't sound nice, but they're, they're really good, okay? A lot of cheese as well. Gotta have the cheese. And then I woke up in the morning and the sickness had just taken over me. Like, it, it came in waves. Like, usually if I'm sick, I'll get the one wave that I'm about to throw up. And then if I persevere and just don't move for about three hours, it goes away. But this, I had that about four times. <laughs> Sorry, you can hear that. That was Daniel. That wasn't me. <laughs> anyway, I'm also now thinking that while I was preparing the quesadillas, one of the tortillas fell on the ground. And because I'm a germaphobe, there's no way in hell I'm going to eat that. Could get sick. So I got up and put it in the bin. So now I'm thinking, like, the lead-up of events for me getting sick, the most likely scenario is that it was the quesadillas. And then I have this little dilemma where I have to backtrack and wonder if it was actually a sign or even multiple signs from the universe all along. I don't know. If so, I don't know if they're clear enough. But then again, if I think about that, I don't know how those signs could get any clearer, like literally picking up the food you're meant to eat and putting it in the trash is probably telling you that it's trash and you shouldn't eat it. Um, anyway, this is a very long, long roundabout way of saying this, but I'm just, I'm just in a little bit of a pickle now because I've got four frozen quesadillas sitting in my freezer and I don't know what to do with them. My stomach's almost fully recovered. I just had an apple and it was fine, so woohoo. But now I'm just I'm just wondering if I need to throw out the whole batch. And keeping in mind that food over here is super expensive, so I don't actually know if I can afford that. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford to get fresh ingredients and go through the effort of making them all again. So that's just where my head's at today. That was the first 10 minutes of my day. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I think I've lost a little bit of respect for you if you're still here because this is shit content. <laughs> anyway, something that was a bit nice, I guess, was that while I was lying there, um, usually I have to kind of have friends on in the background to distract me from my own thoughts because I know all the words from friends that I can't help but read out the next line in my head while it's playing. I don't necessarily have to watch it. But Netflix over here in Canada doesn't have friends on it. So I was I was in Struggle Street. And it got to the point where my boyfriend ended up getting a VPN and streaming friends for me. So props to him, boyfriend of the day. <laughs> boyfriend of the year, I mean. <laughs> He's still boyfriend of the day. <laughs> but I'm also quite difficult to take care of when I am sick because all I want is company like I don't want to be alone but then when someone is around I get so anxious that I'm going to see on their face that I'm sicker than I think I am and that that's going to make me more anxious and then more nauseous and maybe have a panic attack who knows so 
it's quite a stressful scenario to be in because like I don't want to be on my own but I don't want anyone around me because it's too exhausting to read their face and body language but like if I'm about to throw up then I definitely ask for someone to come in the room so usually I yell out for someone and then I start so happened a few times I yelled out for Daniel and then as soon as he came in and sort of stroked my arm asking how I was I was like nope 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 go away (laughs) so poor things running around the house like a headless chicken oh sorry just thought about salmonella for a second anyway I was lying there and friends just wasn't working like it wasn't distracting me enough I couldn't not think about how I was about to throw up and I actually asked out there like into the ether for Archangel Raphael to come through because I'd read the day before that he's who you'd ask for healing someone healing the sickness and that his color is green and I mean if I go through and like try and heal a family member or friend through distance sometimes I'll call on them but mostly I don't the color that I need to heal them with my visualization techniques or whatever comes through to me it just comes I don't need to ask for it so I was lying there and I was asking for him and I was wanting like this little visualization to come through to see what I needed to do to heal myself but I just didn't have the energy to even think that and I was a little bit gutted I'm not gonna lie because I don't know when you spend a lot of your time trying to heal as many people as you can that are close to you you kind of wish that in your time of need there'd be someone or even like I don't need someone to do it I just need to be able to heal myself and I'll be okay but it seems to be like a little trapdoor in this little psychic world like you need energy to do it and then if you're sick you don't have the energy so you're kind of at a loss um but what was nice was after I called on him I did see like green color all around the room so I did feel that he was kind of around I don't know if he did anything but what kind of took over was this big orb of red next to me and I was describing the size of the orb to my sister yesterday on FaceTime and I said it was the size of a pig because it was it was um topical they'd just been to a farm that day but she said that the person whose energy we thought it was wouldn't like to be referred to as a pig so (laughs) I said the size of a baby calf or a big dog um so a big translucent orb of red the size of a baby calf was kind of next to my bed and that color is the color I see when my grandma who passed away before I was born is around because that's one of the ways that she comes through to me now in the least threatening way possible the way that would scare me the least I know I've been meaning to catch you up on how I connect with that grandmother that came through to me when I was eight years old in my doorway the grandmother that I talked about in episodes one and two but there just always seems to be something else to talk about that seems to be more important so it will come at some stage we actually have a really lovely relationship and I'm betting you probably didn't expect that and neither did I (laughs) so she was there and I just heard her telling me you're not alone 
I'm here with you. You're not alone. Don't worry. This will pass. And I truly felt like I wasn't alone. My boyfriend was going out and he didn't really want to leave me on my own. And I guess I was kind of nervous about being on my own as well. But once I felt her presence there, I kind of wanted Dan to leave. I was like, you can go. Like I'm being taken care of. I don't have to read this person's energy, you know, or their facial expressions or whatever. I just see the energy there and, and it's calming me. So that was a really nice little experience to come of it, I think. I actually just see her right now like rubbing my back and I don't know if she'd know she must know but as a kid my mum would kind of lie in my single bed with me and try and calm me down to get to sleep and she'd she'd rub my back and that's how I'd feel comforted so thank you <laughs> okay now she said don't be sad be happy so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take another reach I'm going along with the yoga adage and I'm gonna reach even further and I'm gonna say that the universe wants me to get a dog <laughs> My foot's gone to sleep. Hold on. I just need a second. So I love dogs. I mean, I could really go into detail. I'll just I'll just say a little little segue. When I was um, in the real throes of my concussion and was bed bound for the first eight months, I'd walk around the block. And in the beginning, Dan would have to support me because I couldn't walk on my own. I had no balance and <laughs> I was pretty down um, because I was in hell. Like I was, it felt like my head was exploding. I had nausea to the point where I thought I was going to throw up all day long because my brain couldn't process visual information and my eyes also weren't, I wasn't able to control my eyes. You don't even think that you control your eyes until you're in a situation where you can't. My ears would hear a noise and my eyes would run to it. It's almost like my eyes were a dog. They'd just run around and I wouldn't be able to reel them in. And then I'd kind of get motion sickness from that. And it was just a really hard time because, yeah, when I was hitting the eight-month mark, um, there was no day where those symptoms eased. So... I was in a in the lowest place I'd say that I've ever been and my saving grace was walking around the block around Oriental Bay in Wellington and seeing someone's dog like just seeing a dog would make me really happy and I ended up like wanting to document the dogs I'd seen so that when I was down I could go back and look at the dogs and maybe that would make me feel better I don't know but I ended up making this little Instagram account called Welly Woofs. The benefits behind it were kind of twofold because it meant that I'd have like this library of dogs that I'd seen, but also it gave me an excuse to go up to a dog owner and ask questions about their dog, ask if I could take a photo, and then I'd end up being able to pet the dog. And that was like the 
cream on the cake, you know, like the, I don't think that's the right saying, but that was, that was the ideal scenario was being able to pat one of these dogs. Anyway, it was a massive joke around people I knew, but I think people thought I was taking it seriously as some sort of business venture, but no, it's quite simple. I was just sad and wanted some happiness however I could find it. Luckily, I mean, I'm in a spot where I haven't needed to do that. As you can see, I don't have a psychicish dog page. <laughs> but I really do want a dog. Like it's it's probably my biggest priority in life at the moment. But I mean, just the fact that we're renting somewhere and you know, I'm 28, you think about having kids within the next few years if I'm lucky if I'm able to fertility wise and then you wonder is it safe to have a puppy around a baby is it too much work you know just all these ideas come into your head so I've been quite stressed at the moment just in terms of like what I want my life trajectory to be because I'm still recovering from that concussion too like I'm definitely way better than being bed bound but I had plans I mean if I had things my way I would have been pregnant at 28 and here I am, <laughs> not pregnant. Anyway, what usually happens is Dan and I will be walking somewhere and I'll see a cute dog and I'll just be like, oh my God, look at that dog. And he usually ignores it because yeah, he likes dogs, he wants a dog, but not to the same level that I do. You know, I get very excited and I need to pet every dog I see. So we were down in Vancouver and were sitting outside one of my favorite cafes down there on Homer Street. And this man walks past with a little white dog on a lead and then like a, a tinier dog of the same breed and like this little satchel across his chest, like a crossbody satchel. And I said to Dan, I was like, do you, do you think they're cute? Oh my God. And he was like, yeah, they're pretty sick. And I was like, what? You, th you think so? And he said, yes. And I asked for permission to go and, and ask this man questions about the dog just questions about the breed because I thought it was like a little poodle cross but hadn't seen a dog like that before I start talking to this man and he just starts telling me how incredible these dogs are they're hypoallergenic so they don't smell they're super soft and like got me to pet them and he was selling me he was selling me hard and I sat down again and I just looked at Dan and I said do you do you like them? Like, they're really, they're really good dogs. And he said yes. And in my mind, I wanted to ask for details of the breeder. But the man ended up coming over to me and I patted the dog and he said, look, you really need to get one of these dogs. And I said, okay, like, you don't have to tell me twice. How long ago did you get the dogs? Do you by any chance have the breeding details? Did you get them nearby? And he said he got the dogs 12 and 6 years ago. And he wasn't sure if the breeder was still breeding. They're down in Seattle, which is close to Vancouver, and gave me the name of the company. And I was pretty stoked. And that night at dinner, Dan and I were eating some amazing Italian. And I was going through my list of dog names that I keep in my phone. There's about 30. But then over time, Dan has gone through and vetoed, literally written in capitals, veto, next to any dog name he didn't like. And we were going through the list. And I said, oh, would one of those dogs suit this name? Would it suit that? And none of the names on the list, in my mind, would suit the dog that we saw. It was a little white dog. Like, I don't even like white dogs. 
but it was white and it was so fluffy. It looked like a little cloud. <laughs> the name needed to suit, you know. We went for a little walk after dinner and I said to Dan, I was like, what if we named him Homer? Because we met them on Homer Street. And he was like, oh, I don't know if I like that name. And I was like, no, but if it was Homer, I could call him my little homie. I could call him homie. And Dan was like, I'm sorry. Like, I like homie, but I can't have a dog that people think is named after the Simpsons. And, you know, I just was a little bit disappointed and just quietened down or whatever. And Dan said, we could call him Holmes. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, Holmes, as in like Sherlock Holmes. And I said, okay, so like H-O-L-M-E-S, Holmes. And he said, yeah, Holmes. Give me Holmes. And he was, you know, trying it out. And, and he liked it. It got the Daniel seal of approval. And I said, but I could still call him Homie. And he was like, yeah, yeah, but I'll call him Holmes. And so Holmes just kind of felt right. And over the next few days, I was just still, you know, wondering about the trajectory of what our next five years are going to be like. Not even five, next two or three. But somewhere last week, I wondered if I should ask the universe for a sign that I should get one of these dogs, that I should get homey. So usually I have this process when I ask for a sign from the universe, and I'll explain this in more detail in a future episode because there's more to it but usually I'm really specific and I write it down and then I read it in my mind three times and I say it out loud three times just because you know I really want the universe to hear it and, and it's worked like it's kind of worked every time but this time I thought about asking the universe for a sign and then I only said it once in my mind. I said, dear universe, can you please send me a sign of the word homie if I meant to get this dog? And then kind of worry came into the mix and I thought, hey, like if I don't get a sign from the universe with the word homie, I'm going to be heartbroken. Like I'm going to be really, really upset. And so I didn't write it down. I just said it that one time in my mind. And I'd asked to see it within 24 hours. Lo and behold, the next day I was just scrolling through TikTok. And so someone had a TikTok video that had the song Heartless in the background. And it's not very often, but sometimes, like rarely on TikTok, if someone has a song in the background, they'll have little captions with the lyrics. And the first lyric was, homie I don't know you're hot and cold and it was written out in the TikTok video and so I kind of sat there and I took a screenshot and I was like is this a sign and I got hopeful you know I didn't want to tell Daniel because I knew he'd think I was nuts and so I just kind of kept it to myself and then the next day we're venturing into like 35 degree weather when we moved into this little apartment that we're in, the tenants beforehand had left a, a little fan in the wardrobe. And so that night, I go to get the fan out of the wardrobe, plug it in so that we've got the fan while we sleep. And what name is in the middle of the fan as the brand name? Holmes. H-O-L-M-E-S. Oh my God, like I'm actually dangerous. <laughs> so I saw that. 
and in my mind I was just like okay it's a second sign on the telly and then the next day one of Dan's friends is over visiting and staying with us and we were just chatting and he just started talking about his cats and I didn't know that he had them so I was just asking him about them and he said that one of them was his best friend he was like he's my best friend he's my little homie and I don't know about you but the word homie like isn't usually heard or doesn't usually come up in conversation with the little circles I'm in like like (laughs) I don't call people homie (laughs) so I think for about six or seven days straight I'd see or hear the word homie I think I told Dan about me asking the universe for a sign after his friend had used the word. And then the next day, Dan was singing a song and he kept singing the line that had the word homie in it. And I walked up to him. I was like, you know what you're saying, right? And he just nodded. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. So there you have it. I think the universe wants me to get a dog, but it's hard to know if it's like, actually a sign or if it's just me searching for reasons to go ahead you know because it's just something that I want so damn much hi hi editor Lydia here Uh, from the future (laughs) not from the future just from the time after this episode was recorded so recorded this a few days ago I'm still getting homey signs so it's probably going on about nine days now and I didn't get a sign at all yesterday and I to be honest I actually had forgotten about it but I was going to sleep and Dan turned out the light and he said good night and then he just like turned to me and said you know you're like my homie I don't think he realizes how much I just like stop and imagine dog so he probably sent this thing like <laughs> just off the top of his head and didn't realize how much it meant to me oh, but hey maybe he's got some grandma somewhere telling him to say that sort of thing to me I don't know <laughs> okay I'll stop reading into it now I know my limits anyway there's a lot of people around so I'm sorry if you've heard them in the background throughout, but hey, I'm glad we persevered. I just want to take a second to thank you, one, for listening today, but also just for your patience and understanding from earlier in the week when I really toiled about whether I was ready to upload an episode I'd recorded about remembering one of my past lives. And it was a hard moment to realize that I wasn't ready. I, I don't know. I've noticed that I'm definitely getting more comfortable talking about the things I experience over the microphone and and talking to you about them but I'm still really struggling talking to my friends they obviously now know that these things happen to me maybe they listen along to the podcast as well and and come up and ask me something and I kind of freeze and I get really self-conscious and I don't really know how to respond I'm still worried about the judgment that may come or any embarrassment you know so it's weird it's like I'm getting more comfortable but I'm still really in the early stages I mean this is only episode 17 I'm still such a baby in the grand scheme of things so just yeah thank you really for 
your time and your patience and your understanding and I really, really appreciate it. I have the best listeners out there, honestly. <laughs> the best 12 listeners out there. <laughs> now, I know that there's more than 12 listeners now because 33 of you wanted me to talk about past lives. So I'd say we probably have like 40 listeners now. And I think that's a bit of a win. That's exciting. So if you want the podcast to grow more, I'd love for you to go out and share it with someone you love just so that we can grow this little thing, you know? <laughs> I'll have a question box up on my podcast Instagram at Psychicish Podcast tomorrow for any questions or thoughts or theories you may have had after the episode, and I'll answer them. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye bye.